We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sam, listeners, Lightyear's podcast, do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Wow, that's amazing. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open up a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment and made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Warriors, Warriors leave San Antonio one and one. Leave Texas two and two. I feel like that's kind of what we're expecting. Ah, there he is. There's uh, Smile Lou. <laughs> Andy, what up, man? You know what would have made the night better is Smile Lou actually could have played the game. I needed a few smiley, like weirdo, clunky brick layups and, and threes off the backboard. But we'll take this. Uh, we'll take this ball win, Sam. <laughs> Just running, what? Who is it? Is like Raheem Mostert's like gets up to twenty three miles per hour or whatever when he gets on those big runs. Just running a hundred miles per hour and then um, breaking the dunk off the the bottom of the rim. <laughs> I will say this, Smiley. Why? Are we, what are we doing here? But I will say this, Smiley would really really be ambitious with the stunts. I don't say that. At least he's aggressive. You know, he he's out there. He don't he's not good at Fearl- anything. Fearless. Fearless player. I don't think when you're, yeah, when you're in the third, when you're in the third division in Serbia, you're like that guy, afraid of nothing, just traversing through the back roads in the Balkans, looking for any sort of player. Oh, uh, do you think? Do you think? Do you think uh, uh, Smiley was just in in the in the league, and then you there was just like Kent Lake and like just one other guy, maybe like Smiley's dad sitting in the bleachers, just those two guys watching his game. <laughs> Just watch this. Cause you ever seen the the latest Rocky or the latest Creed, uh, where you get a Drago son yeah. just training in the the middle of wherever the hell he is? That's Smiley, except for <laughs> maybe it's like Hoosiers. They're just playing at some old beaten up gym, just uh, just running suicides. No ball, no, no ball. ball, no ball. Smiley's got a tape measure. Make sure it's actually ten feet. <laughs> it's ten feet here and ten feet in the NBA. Oh man! All right, enough about that. All right. So Warriors, uh, 
Warriors leave Texas two and two. Um, it's emotion, emotional roller coaster. I don't even know how else to say it. Uh, I feel like the lead story of this game is we now have over the last 12 games, Steph is averaging around 32 points. And we know he's not playing more than 35 minutes because Steve Kerr's made that abundantly clear. Uh, also, just our eyes. Uh, he's shooting in the realm of 55% from the field, 51, 50% from three. And we all know the shots he takes. I mean, these are, you know, he's not just, he's not just taking open, you know, 10 foot bunnies. These are, I mean, is he, is he better than the UMS MVP here right now? We there talked about is. this last night, but it's like, I, I really cannot state it enough. Like, I don't know how long he's going to be in a groove like this, but you don't see players play at this level every the, day. The, the crazy question. Yeah. That's, that's, you hit it right there. It's like, how long can he play like this? It's the beginning of the season. I, and, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that in like, damn, he can probably do this for at least another two years. Right. Like, which is right. insane because he's going to be 34, 35, even. Hey, <laughs> hey, years, hey that's not that old. <laughs> you know, to, to be a guy that's a top one, top two, you know, at the very worst, top three player in the NBA. That is insane to be playing like this. Uh, in the beginning of the season, Sam, you remember there were some like touch and go moments with Steph where you're like, oh, how about shoot the mid range, right? Or like get to the rim, draw a foul so that you can get in Touch rhythm. was like, a little off here and there. Yeah. Missing yeah, like, stuff you're used to making. Yeah. Getting a little nervous. And then now he just comes out here and he's just chucking up like a, like a 26 foot three. Just Draymond throws it at his foot and it just doesn't matter. Steph is just going to shoot it and it goes in. Like, I mean, I, we know, game. we know our guy Tommy was getting very nervous at the beginning of the year. <laughs> What up, Tommy? <laughs> um, no, no, it's like, I mean, this is this is what I, I don't know if I was expecting him to play this well, but I figured if my man just, just let him have 20 games in a row without like an injury or something weird happening. Like we know how good his touch is, how high his skill level is. Like, it's just like, it kind of sucks when it's like you play three games and then you have to sit, right? So I I'm just I, I this is this is great basketball and I don't know what else to say about stuff. Yeah, that's uh, it, it, it's a good thing that also he's doing this another thing where he's coming off the pick and roll when he gets double because the Spurs ended up doubling him a lot more or more than we've seen a little bit lately. Um, I guess Pop was just kind of sick of the BS, <laughs> but Steph is doing the thing where he's actually not passing it as early as he did in the beginning of the season, which feels to me right. like an adjustment, right? Like he's actually trying to dribble past the pick and roll. Now part of it's like Pirtle is just. I mean, he's slower than Looney out there, like, like laterally. Uh, and he's not half as smart as Looney. If he was, he'd actually know where to be. So, like, Steph is kind of just like, well, I'll dribble past the double team. Then I'll figure out where I am that I'll either pass to Draymond or, or get it to the, you know, to Juan or, or Kelly in the corner. So it feels like he's a little bit more aggressive without actually ball hogging, which is nice. Um, but, I mean, it's like the Spurs look like, Sam. They look like me out there today defensively. <laughs> but it's good to see Steph more aggressive, even if it doesn't mean shooting 35 times a game. I got to bring on Tommy because, you know, I took a little oh, shot in there. Let's see what he has to say. Oh, bro. Oh, immediately. Oh. All right, let's get into it. <laughs> what's going on, guys? Hey, hey what, yeah, what's up? Are you driving? <laughs> I am driving. Does it sound like I'm driving? I'm in my car right now. It does. All right, so okay. we're going to have to keep it quick with you real quick then. What's okay. up? Uh, no, I mean, obviously, Steph looks incredible and has for the past 12 games or whatever. So it's just nice to see him be aggressive in the right moments. Um, right, like even last night, even though they lost, 
and in the Mavericks game when he had 57. He was aggressive at the right times. And the same thing tonight in that first quarter when the game felt like it was maybe slipping away that early. He was super aggressive and really kept them in it. And that's the difference between being down 15 and now the game's out of whack the entire time. And they were actually up at the end of the first quarter. So, no, it's just nice to see him be aggressive in the right moments. And he's obviously clearly still that dude. So, I, I got all a question for you. On that I, got, end. I got a question for you before you get out of here. Um, is there anything that you think he's changed in the way he's shooting rhythm-wise? Or is it just like, hey, he's just, he's just in a sweet rhythm right now. None of it even matters. I, I think he's just in an amazing rhythm. But he is – I. He was doing this weird thing on his step backs earlier in, early in the year where he was taking like this extra hardened type of hop. He's kind of eliminated that on the step backs and it just looks better and smoother rhythm wise. And same thing off the catch. He's just not, he was double, like double pumping and, and pump faking so many open looks in, early in the year that it didn't make sense. Um, so I think it's probably just a rhythm thing. Sam said it, you know, he's finally played like 20 games in a row for the first time in two years. So it was probably just a rhythm thing, but he obviously looks like uh, the same guy he's been since, 2013 so it's just insane yeah if you can keep this up for the next two to three years they'll have a shot to win titles it's just if bob myers can actually do his job correctly (laughs) (laughs) tommy appreciate you we're gonna keep it moving thanks guys yeah yeah appreciate it no i think i think he's right i mean crazy that steve kerr steve kerr knew sam 20 games steph's and steph's ready to go 20 20 was always the magic number at 20 steph literally you know he turned into uh, a superhero. I don't know. Who's your favorite superhero? Let's go with that. <laughs> I, I like Spider-Man, but he's probably not the best. Spider-Man. <laughs> I look, man. I got an fit. I like the love story. I like the. I like the romance. You know, I like uh, MJ. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're not yeah. Yeah. No. Actually, this isn't surprising. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let's see. What else do we want to? Let's. What else do we want to hit on this game tonight? What other um, adjustments did you see from the Warriors tonight? Because obviously Monday night's game was up there in terms of the most frustrating performance of the season. It's different for him, Tommy. It's, I, he should have dropped that. That would have been a nice one. <laughs> um, I don't think we're going for an hour uh, hour plus tonight, so I would love to do questions. So if you guys want to throw questions in the in the chat room, would love to rapid fire answer those at some point, Sam. But I think really the thing is, like guys just guys made some shots and the Spurs missed shots. Remember the first time the Warriors played the Spurs and they shot like 15% from the field? Um, like this Spurs, this Spurs team, as much as we enjoy, as much as I enjoy uh, some of these younger players, uh, not necessarily a, like a super talented kind of team. Um, and they just missed a bunch of shots. So I don't like it's still not like I'm not walking here and saying, all right, the Warriors, they win this one. They, they should beat the Magic. You know, the, the Nets are coming up. They don't have KD, maybe. Um, and so maybe there's like, I don't think this means. I think KD is supposed to be back by Saturday. Oh, then that's but, but, but with the Nets, you know. You don't know what you're getting on any given night, you know. So <laughs> great. Who knows? Maybe, night. maybe, maybe Harden will test, you know, for COVID in the middle of the second quarter. God knows. They're, <laughs> God, they're it would, wouldn't be surprising. Very, very strange situation in Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like this changes much um, on the team, Sam. Uh, I don't think there was any. I don't think the adjustments were that crazy. I, I just kind of think it's like Steph. It's kind of just hey, just keep doing what you're doing. Keep shooting. Uh, I guess he only shot 40% from three tonight, but it's just like, keep, keep finishing and keep shooting. Like that's, that's kind of all they've got right now. Um, and I don't you know, know you know what he did? did? You know what he did? Like Popovich is being one of the best coaches of all time, kind of pioneered the defense of how to play Steph, where they just kind of like way overplay the three and almost play up on the side. It's, yeah. and, and that's where, and that's where Steph was just like, all right, if you're going to give me the lane, I'll, I'll take the layup every time. He had that one insane finish yep. 
that one that's like, you know, might be the finish of the year. But beyond that, most of the stuff he was getting, while there were great plays, there was a lot of, yeah, all right, if you're going to give me the lane, I'll take it. I'll take two points instead of three every time. And that's, um, to me, that's where Steph has just gone up a level. You know, uh, maybe five years ago, Steph would get a little frustrated and still want to hunt the three because, you know, he has confidence he can make it no matter what defense you're playing. Now he's at that veteran, like, dude, if you're going to give me an open layup or floater, I'm just going to dice you apart. And I think Steph, I'm looking at this right now. Steph was seven for 10 in inside. I don't even remember more than one miss uh, driving the ball, to be honest. So he also we, it's a free throw line eight times. The point is like they, they gave him, they gave him the driving lane on top of him just being great at driving. And yeah, I mean, it works. So he didn't, so he didn't hit 23. Who cares, right? <laughs> uh, actually we'll do, we'll do three hours on stuff tonight. Cause that brings me to another point that I just, that just popped up um, with how strong Steph has gotten it doesn't seem like to me that he lands ever on his body anymore. He doesn't land. He doesn't land on the floor. He lands on his feet. Right. And that's like one of the things where knock on wood, but as you get older, you tend to get more hurt or you lose balance, but this guy might be the most balanced player in the entire world. And right now, even when he gets fouled, Sam, unless he's getting like absolutely knocked over by a Mm -hmm. player, like he's landing on his feet and there's just usually no way like landing on his feet and balanced. Which tells me like there's gonna be no like there's no like really weird like a Derrick Rose ACL ligament kind of thing again right. on wood, but it tells me like this guy is stronger than ever before, and it's like the LeBron thing. Like LeBron has gotten to a point where look, he's not as he's not as athletic as he was. Yeah, he's not getting his head above the but, rim fifteen mm-hmm. times a game anymore. Yeah, but like LeBron not getting hurt out here. Like he's no. gonna play till he's forty or whatever, and he's not gonna get hurt because he's figured out how not to get hurt. And I think Steph is kind of figuring out how not to get hurt because of the because of how he can drive to the hole and 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 even when he gets fouled how to land absolutely um what was i gonna tell you um yeah he's he's gotten better and honestly like you know how we got all the the pub pieces about his training during the pandemic (laughs) and uh but but it's true like the work shows he looks a little bigger he looks stronger. He looks more in control of all of his skills. Like, I don't know. I, I hate comparing him to LeBron because LeBron's like a once in a generation athlete just physically. But it's like Steph really used all that time to just take his, bo- take his body to another level. And, I mean, he was already an MVP before he did this. So what do you think is going to happen? Now it's just even better. Um, should we get some questions? Yeah, let's do it. All right. We can go down the list in order. Um, I see one from uh, it's uh, oh man, I he was so, just yeah. on he, yesterday. Oh, okay, what's happening, man? There we go. Um, uh, I just wanted to say, do you guys agree with me that Brad Wanamaker might be the worst player in the league or no? <laughs> <laughs> man, I think there's like four worst players head. on the worst. <laughs> he did make a three tonight. Nah, he for did real. make a three tonight. Okay. He did. Nah, he's disgustingly bad. And uh, do you guys still want <laughs> Kelly Oubre off this team? Because I do too. That's that's my All question. Right. Is Kelly Oubre still on? Yeah. I appreciate oh, you, Keith. Uh, I, Sam, I have this weird Kelly Oubre. I'm I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you start off. But I have this weird Kelly Oubre affinity at this point. Yeah, I don't dislike him um, personally. Like, there's there's something charming about his game, but like. Honestly, if they can trade him for a player who fits more what they're trying to do, I'm in favor of that. I think both Ubre and Wanamaker 
suffer from the same problem, which is they're in roles that are too big for them. Like yes. Wanamaker's yes. fine. Yes. Wanamaker yes. shouldn't be your sixth man. Ubre is not your starting two. They're like Ubre should be an energy guy off the bench, just trying to kind of change the tempo of a game using his athleticism. Hopefully for good. Not always though. <laughs> and like uh, Wanamaker, yeah, thank you. appreciate you, man. And Wanamaker's. You know, I mean, he's fine, but he's like, what? It, he should be like a tenth man, right? Like, he should be a guy who's playing like ten to fifteen minutes, kind of you know, moving the ball, playing some defense. But you're not like asking him to create your offense in the second unit, right? Yeah, I mean, like again, like Steve is probably going to say Clay would fix all of this, but at the other at the other end, we said this from day one. We've been saying this: you don't coach players and try to fit them into your system. You coach to your players' strengths and weaknesses. And you fit your system around those guys. And, and, right. and that's where I feel bad for Kelly Oubre because he's out here trying to do too many different things at once. And you see the same thing with James Wiseman. I feel, I feel bad because what do I expect Kelly Oubre to do anything more than just catch some threes and just launch some th- – catch, catch the ball and launch some threes, right? And if you got an open lane, shoot, shoot uh, get a dunk. Like that's it. And on defense, just try really hard. And I think he does all of those things relatively okay. But when you start asking him to make the right cuts, like like maybe you put Juan Toscano Anderson and Kelly Oubre together, Sam, you got a nice player. But like we didn't we didn't expect Kelly Oubre to be a damn like almost a genius out there, like the way that Draymond and JTA even are. And and Anthony think, uh, yeah. Anthony Slater threw up the stat, which was like Oubre and wins. It was something like twenty points a game, forty eight percent from the field. You know, like all kind of positive numbers. Oubre and losses. 10 points a game, 32% from the field, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, it's obvious. All that really tells me is this team doesn't have a, <clears throat> a second option, period, like at all. And when Kelly Oubre and Wiggins play well and act like de facto second options, then, yeah, they have a good chance to win because Steph has been pretty damn consistent all year. And you're asking two guys who are probably not good enough to be that guy to fill in Clay Thompson's shoes. If it's not Clay, you could be insert any player you think is a coherent second option, right? Yeah. Ubre did pump his three point percentage. I think he might be close to 30%. I know you're going to correct me here soon, but I think he might be <laughs> close there. If not, if not a little above. So he's like getting back to his, his career kind of, what is he like? 33% career. Same with Wiggins. Um, Wiggins, right. by the way, let me, let me talk about Wiggins real quick. Um, okay. Someone who looks at 29% from Ricky Garcia. Um, right now. So I'm, I'm close. Andrew Wiggins, uh, is he, Sam, look like he's doing his usual vanishing act, doing it, pulling his Perry, Harry B, pulling Minnesota Andrew Wiggins, or is he someone that's just tired? And I know he's fighting through ankle and knee and hip stuff from the last month. I think it might be catching up to him. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's both. But uh, yeah, the guy, the guy looks like he's slowing down quite a bit. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now 
and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And it probably doesn't bode well. They might have to sit him a couple games. Yeah, I don't even know how they sit him with like only eight or nine healthy bodies <laughs> at this true. point. Like that's uh-huh. like, okay, you get Wiseman back. That's one, but he's not a wing. Um, maybe maybe they can catch a game from here or there. He does look like he slowed down. Maybe he could use a day off. Um, yeah, you're right. Like, I mean, I don't know how much of it's injury because he was on the injury report for a while there and mm-hmm. still playing well in those games. Uh, he could just be hitting some fatigue. This could also just be who he is, and maybe we got a little too excited over him playing well for 10 games, you know? <laughs> two, two uh, there's wins. a reason. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. they haven't mentioned too much two-way wigs recently. You notice that? <laughs> Whatever. Um, all right, let's move this forward. Let's get Adam. Look, no one's perfect. Even the best baseball players strike out with the bases loaded. The best golfers sometimes three-putt with the tournament on the line. So if you feel like you're coming up short in the bedroom sometimes perfectly okay but if it's bothering you there are options go to roman.com slash light years now with roman you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ed all from the comfort and privacy of your home a u.s licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan if medication is appropriate it ships to you free with two-day shipping the whole process is straightforward and discreet Getting started is simple. Just go to getroman.com slash lightyears and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving your home. Complete an online visit today to connect with the doctor and take care of it. Go to getroman.com slash lightyears and get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. Getroman.com slash lightyears. Get started now to save $15 off your first month of treatment. Adam, what's up, man? How you doing, guys? Oh, there we what's go. What's up, man? Hey, turn that down in the background. I have, uh, I have a couple questions. First one, what do you guys think of uh, three starters going 14 to 42 on shooting tonight? I think it was JTA, Wiggins, and, uh, and Ubre. Yeah. Doesn't really matter too much, honestly. Like, yeah, they weren't shooting the ball well, but Steph was. I think they were playing. Honestly, the Spurs couldn't hit a shot. That's a bigger issue, right? Yeah, and then that was the next question. How much was it of the Spurs being tied, or was it actually the Warriors' defense being uh, aggressive and and, and getting to them? Andy? You know, for for a team that has – like, this is a thing I thought of, too, before this. For for a team that has vets in, like, Steph and Draymond, they do have some – pre-athletic younger wings like Kelly Oubre is young Andrew Wiggins young Ken Baysmore like it's not like he's old out there even though he's a vet and then when you get guys like James Wiseman back like they should be they should have the advantage on this on the back on the second half of a of a back-to-back so it did seem like that tonight um Steph someone that's in incredible shape and he only played 33 minutes yesterday or whatever he did um so he's gonna be someone that should be ready to go. And, and he looked like he was fresh out there. Hey, so again, maybe it's the occurs, right? But like this team should be athletic and, and young enough to where these games, they shouldn't be that tired. I know I just brought up Andrew Wiggins, but like Kelly Oubre looks like he's out there ready to go. Eric Pascal, same thing, right? These guys should not, Damian Lee, like these guys should not be tired versus you watch the Spurs and they look like they're moving in quicksand tonight defensively. But 
Um, that may just be Rudy Gay and Jacoperto who are, who are kind of just. I also think, I also just think the Spurs are one of the worst shooting teams in the league. Oh, uh, Adam, we gotta let, we gotta let you go because your signal is bad. Um, and the Warriors have proven to be in a, you know, they're an okay, they're, they're a good defensive team. I wouldn't consider them great or anything, but they're certainly not terrible on defense. And we put those two together. You're going to get games like tonight where it's like, I don't even know that the Spurs, that that Warriors closed out on the Spurs particularly amazing. It's just that like Spurs aren't particularly a good shooting team. And if you play some semblance of defense against them outside of Patty Mills, they're probably going to miss a lot of shots. <laughs> uh, Sam, Aristotle Kerr on reinserting, Kerr, reinserting Curry Draymond up 19 in the middle of the fourth. I had heard so much from our fan base the last couple of days. I figured I should put them back in the game to keep them happy. So you know, just uh, the Socrates being Socrates, typical Steve. <laughs> yeah, at, at this point, at this point, he's like an, uh, a second or he's like a game or two away from being like, I just do what Andy Lou tells me. <laughs> yeah. he's, the stuff, the stuff that Steve is funny. Steve is funny. He's a he's a politician, man. He knows how to keep the people happy. Um, so you know, it's it's a it's a good win. It's a good win. It's a, it's they needed this win. Um, I didn't think they would actually win by 20, but again, it's like a, re- a remake of the first time they played the Spurs being the one of the worst teams. But again, they play the Magic. They should be able to kind of keep this momentum going. That's, if that's The Magic who have currently, I mean, is anyone on the Magic healthy right now? <laughs> no, it's not. It's not funny. I? I, shouldn't, I shouldn't laugh. All right, we got the, uh, the Notorious Option Zero. What's up, guys? Very cool. I told you, I told you, Kerr was right the entire time. We should just blame Steph. I told you it wasn't his fault, anyways. Forget that. Um, they actually made adjustments that I'm not sure if it was um, specifically for this game or not. But you guys saw JTA in the middle a lot more as both the roller and also screening while Dre had the ball on the wing. Um, and he was screening for Steph, sort of in a in a in like a wide open space. So changing up the role of JTA and Dre. I'm not sure what the theory was that. Of that is because I don't think Dre's like a good finisher. He's not a he's not a rim he's not a rim rim pressure gravity guy. But for whatever reason, they chose to use JTA as the screener and roller way more often. So that's question number one. And question number two, I, I don't know if you saw it on Twitter. Steph can split doubles like so easily, but he doesn't always do it. And I'm trying yep. to figure out what situations he can do that better. And what situations are making it harder for him to do that? My theory, I test only, I haven't dug into this, I don't even know what stats I would look at for this, is from the side pick and roll, he has a better shot at splitting because the defense is sort of sliding. And in the middle, I feel like Steph gives it up a lot more when the screen is high. So there's probably a basketball theory reason behind that, um, just because of the angle or whatever. But those two observations, it's JTA and the angle from of the, the screen first step. For the Spurs thing, I can say they they try to jump out to Steph's side more than other teams when guarding him. It's been a staple of Pop's defense on him, you know, basically since Steph's been an MVP. Uh, he wants to take away the three point shot and make Steph live with just driving to the basket. It's kind of a pick your poison type of situation. I think Steph's just got. I mentioned it earlier on the pod. I really do think Steph's just gotten to a point where it's like instead of hunting what he wants, he's going to take what the defense gives him because he's confident enough he can be efficient in whatever situation he'll be he'll be efficient taking step back threes he'll be efficient catching shoots he'll be efficient driving the ball be efficient pulling up a mid-range like he has complete mastery of his skills so he might as well take what the defense wants him to take because he'll probably make it at a high clip anyway 
Uh, that's a great question. First of all, I actually want to ask, I don't know if OZ still on. I want to ask him a question. Would you, would you keep JTA in the starting lineup? Cause I know it is three non shooters um, that you've got in there. Well, I guess it's two and then Wiggins and Ubre. You never know what's going to happen, but no, because you, of a couple, yeah. no, because of a couple transfers. It's, it was it started last game. Cause he, JTA was like hit. He hit like seven out of eight right. threes against Dallas. And we all thought, Oh, I think Sam tweeted if, if JTA can hit threes, then he's an NBA player. But yeah. more, I think a, a bigger point than just makes is whether or not he's willing to shoot. And against the Spurs yesterday and today, he wasn't even pulling the trigger. So right. when, when you see that, then it's like, okay, he's not a real shooter. So also Wiggins, his three points, no, he's, shooting, he's shooting 20% from three like in February. So when you have this trend of two of your it's starters like the, there, it's like the eighth day of February. Relax. <laughs> he's, he's taken it's like twenty five it's a twenty five shot sample size for whatever that's worth. Anyway, so no, I don't think I don't think JCA should be if everyone's available, I don't think he should be in the starting one because again the simplest solution is start Lee, bench Ubre, and now you have yeah. everything much more it's like the easiest I don't know what the what the reason is, but I, I would well, rather have a guy that gets guarded than a Sometimes he can shoot guy in Ubre or JTA because we just want we need more stability, right? Some sort of stable dude that needs to get guarded. Even if Lee's okay. missing, he gets guarded. I mean, yeah, yeah. Okay. So to your um to your question on getting JTA more involved uh, with Steph, kind of as the role, the short role, and running more of that. I actually I started thinking about this. I think a lot of that is probably because the ball was sticking in Draymond's hands last game. Draymond had what? 13, 14 assists, whatever it may be. Uh, but I call it was a assist at this point. But it was I a bad game. It was a, yeah, it, was a Ron, it was a Rondo game. It was like yeah. the game that we make yeah. fun of Rondo for yeah. um, over the last decade. We were like, yeah, you had 12 assists, but like the team was not running good offense and you're on yep. the floor because all you're doing was holding on to the ball so you could pass to someone who'd shoot it. And Draymond has gotten more and more prone to that um, as his offense has completely disappeared. So I look at any adjustment like because we know I, Kerr hates the ball sticking. Period. Like it doesn't uh, yeah, matter who it is. It could be Steph Curry. He gets mad if the ball sticks. <laughs> well, that, that's so. also why I think Steph has some hesitancy, and, and Ozzy mentioned this hesitancy about when to actually split the double. And I think part part of that is Steve is like, well, you can't just do that every single time. The JTA question is interesting. Again, it's like Wiseman and Looney are going to be. Well, Looney, hopefully, fingers crossed, going to be back soon. Wiseman should be back here in the next couple games. I think is that you just kind of have to have him in the action because he can't shoot. Like, JTA, I think he said he's not a real shooter. I don't think he's any type of shooter. Like, he's not even a fake shooter. Like, if you give him a wide-open shot with, like, six feet of space, then, like, maybe, like, 33% from three, right? But, like, anytime you put some type of contest up, like, that thing is not going in, like, maybe 10% of the time. So, I think right. in order to in order to deal with that, the only way is to just put the guy in the, either the short row or pick roll and just ha- let him have the ball and just pray that he makes layups. And he missed a punch today, too, right? But he was smart enough at least to know to get to the rim, and that's the other thing. At least the guy's smart enough to know where to go, where even if it's Wiggins, and especially Kelly Oubre, if you put those guys in those positions, I'm petrified. Like, Oubre's probably doing some weird, like, getting to the hole and getting blocked, and Wiggins probably shooting a step-back mid-range jump shot. Like, uh, and it, and that, that stuff hurts. So I think it's, like, their way of just saying, at least be in the action without, like, JTA standing in the corner, and then the other team just has that guy to help. So I think maybe... But I don't know how long we're going to see that. I'm with you. I don't know how long they're going to see that. They and that is figure out how to keep them on the team. That's and that's like, and that's JTA's also. That's JTA's best NBA skill on offense. It's it's his general IQ. 
So you're, you're really only going to take advantage of that if you're putting him in the action where he's making a decision and kind of using the fact that he's a, he's a pretty good passer. He has pretty good awareness of where his teammates are and all those things. Like he's not a guy you'd want just standing in the corner spotting up all game because he's, he's not, really he's, not he's, he's really mini Draymond. It's he just, really is. Yeah. It's like, I, just they, they scour the earth to find you know the only other guy like Draymond who can't shoot. So at least Igodala, at least Igadala was shooting. At least Igadala can make a three. Like like Igadala, yeah. Igadala is way smarter than than Draymond uh, offensively and defensively. But at least he can make a three. Draymond at this point, well, anyway, Andre's, we're not doing this. Andre's all timer. But yeah, uh, yeah, um, yeah. Let, anyway. Let's move to the next question. Oh my God! Hi. <laughs> Hi, Sam. Hi, Hello. Andy. Uh, hey. Thank you so much. I love the podcast. I have a couple questions. Well, I have a comment and a question. Um, was it just me or did everyone just look a tad bit slow on defense, like in rotations? I think Draymond looked a little slow today. Mm-hmm. Not, I mean, like we won the game, so it's not really that big of a deal. But just for like general moving on uh, into the future, that's something that I think is kind of worrisome. Uh, and then also with, um, with Wiggins, Wiggins hasn't had a very good stretch, um, during the, uh, so that's been kind of worrisome, but I think that he's just, I don't know. He's just, he looks tired. Like you guys said, um, and also, are we ready? I know that in the beginning, every, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was like between JTA and Michael Mulder for that last roster spot. Are is it time to admit that maybe <laughs> JTA might should have gotten that spot, or are we still sticking with Mulder? I know okay. Sam has a great Mulder stat. Yeah, it's, it's a great question. Well, I know Sam has a great Mulder stat. You want to throw that one out there, Sam? Or do you have it up? Do Do I have a great Mulder stat? No. Well, um, you, you have. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, l- l- let's start with the first question because those are all great questions. Um, I, they did look tired, but last game of a road trip, they played last night. That's to be ex- – oh, and they're also – they only have nine healthy players. They've been playing Draymond and JTA at center. Um, they're starting to get worn down. They really could use just a couple more players. This harps back to the point we were making last night where it was just like, well, yeah, when you waste roster spots on guys you can't play – and you get a couple injuries, and you get down to just eight or nine healthy bodies, and you're playing four games a week, guys are going to get worn down really quick. So, you know, hopefully Wiseman is back um, against Magic. Uh, he also, had a, not, he also no, had a knee injury. Keep in mind, he had a game-time decision with the knee injury today, too. Right, and I right. think that's partly maybe why they had him less in action, just because Draymond wasn't, sure. wasn't really there. But then they needed him to play because, you know, maybe they wouldn't have won without him. So, yeah, I'm with you. It's like Steve always says he wants Zaza on there. He wants like he wants any type of big in there because he, this is what happens. Like Draymond is going to fall apart if he's going to have to play five for too long. But I don't think anybody's saying that Draymond should play five five for that long. I think the problem is just that the problem they is don't have anyone else to do it at the moment. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And the problem is that you have guys in the roster spots. And this is to the next question that you had with Michael Mulder and Juan Toscano Anderson. This is the problem. It should not be Sam between Juan Toscano Anderson and Michael Mulder. Why? Because Michael Mulder, Michael Mulder is one of the best shooters in the NBA, right? Right now, albeit in a small sample size. So I would right. say you, you got to keep the guy. He's horrible on defense, but whatever. Keep the guy. The problem is you've got Alan Smilegeach and Jordan Poole taking up space. Jordan Poole cannot dribble or he cannot really play make and cannot really shoot at an NBA level. And I mean, he's, he what was set to the G League bubble for a reason. 
So <laughs> the, it's just like, I, I, I'm not saying that in a negative way. I'm just saying a guy who's on your 15-man roster, you're willingly sending him to a G League bubble tournament for a month because you have no intention of playing him. Another guy you have on an NBA roster, Alan Smilagic, you're also mm-hmm. sending to an NBA G League bubble. Then two other guys on the NBA roster. Okay, what are you going to do about Clay? You're not going to cut Clay Thompson. That's just kind of bad luck. You don't get – it's weird that the NBA doesn't give you an extra roster spot when a guy goes down for the year. Like, but but the rules are what they are. Like, you know, I can't – you and I can't do anything about that. And then yeah. um, and then Marquise Chris going down, you know, you don't want to cut him either. So all I'm saying is they're wasting two roster spots, and then they got bad luck with two roster spots. So all of a sudden, they only have 11 players, period, right? And, you know, <laughs> yeah. as we're seeing, all it takes is – one sprained ankle and one sprained wrist. And all of a sudden you're like, all right, Draymond, 40 minutes a game at center because you don't have any other options. It comes back to, you can't waste roster spots. You can't waste, you can't waste all these roster spots on pet projects. Jenna, we appreciate you. We're going to keep moving. Thanks guys. Thank you. Science, science fair projects, fucking unacceptable stuff. That, science that's really, fair projects. It's, it's costing them, man. Like, like it's it is. Yeah. Them hey, you, what's you up guys? Oh, oh, yes, sir. Jimmy, what's going on? Hey, uh, I just wanted to first off, I got a text from my dad that, from my dad during the game. I thought you guys would appreciate. It. He was like, "JTA is a homeless man's Draymond," and he said he meant that as a compliment. And uh, um, your dad knows hoops, man. Guys, yeah, my my question for you guys is: Are you going to watch the G League bubble, and what are you excited for? Well, I love this question. Oh, One, Sam I have planned. Sam is ready. I have planned my morning around this. I've moved. Everything around so I don't have to take any calls from 8 to 10. Because not only does the G League bubble start tomorrow, but we get the Warriors team against the Walnut Creek Ignite. Oh, so I'm, it's I'm like, waking up early for it. Yeah, right, it's I'm like, excited. I mean, of all the G League, you know, it's like, am I going to watch the Hawks affiliate versus the Knicks affiliate? Probably not, honestly, you know. But, like, I'm going to try to catch as much of the Walnut Creek Ignite team because – they got two guys who the Warriors could potentially draft with the Wolves pick, right? Sir. And then obviously, I want to see what Jordan Poole does. I want to see Stop. You don't. what Nico Mannion does. Um, for better or worse, they're on the roster, so you got to keep tabs on them. But, I want to yeah, watch I mean, Jay Lynn, too. I was going to say, he, oh, he gave it to me. He let me answer that one. Yeah, Jeremy Lynn, come on now. That could be, I, I need him to take over Wanamaker's spot. But uh, I think more, more importantly, um, I mean, Nico Mannion, right? Like that could be the backup point guard for the next sure. for the next few years. You know, Steve loves him, but uh, I mean, I think they're probably going to put him on the roster next year. So yeah. that's okay. another wasted roster spot, yeah. uh, unless he turns out to be good. You know, I don't know, Nico well, Mannion. Look, he can't he can't shoot, and he has good feel. Like it's just yeah, like, think he's going to be just on. I think team. everyone in the organization gets a pet project, but it is what it is. Yeah, <laughs> they, just, they I do. mean, thankfully, thankfully, uh, you know. The, the owner only has two sons, not twenty. Um, so sorry, that's, that's it's me. It's not Zeus Lakeup. It's not Zeus. <laughs> what I was gonna say is, um, but yeah, I'm super excited to watch the uh, G League. But I'm super excited to watch Kaminga and Jalen Green. Like, I anyone saying they want to watch anything else? I mean, you know, God bless you if you do. But like, we're talking about two players who would probably be the star player at Duke or Kansas or insert a large college program they'd be the kind of guys that like you know we'd be watching all year like oh we gotta check this guy out because the warriors might pick him so 
It's gonna be exciting. We'll we'll yeah. see. I might even I'm, I might even throw up a pot after the first game. Jeez, I'm excited for Dacian Knicks too, because who knows if the Wolves somehow get a little better and we're picking like nine or something, you know, or if we <laughs> suck. But I was yeah. gonna say it might it might be the Warriors. The Warriors might have a might, Warriors might be picking at like six and like twelve. So yeah, Nick, yeah. Nick's is a Nick's is a good name because he um yeah in, in most of the mocks he's somewhere between. 10 and 20. So very real in play for the Warriors own pick, to be honest, yep. you know, so yep. you never know. All right. Appreciate you, Jamie. We're yeah, keep of course. Take care, show. guys. All right. Oh, oh, he couldn't. Yassine was trying to come on yesterday. I want to make her. Hopefully he's good today. Yassine, you there? Yo, can y'all hear me? Yes, sir. Yes, we can hear you. What's going on, man? Um... Nothing much. I've been, I've pretty much just been really frustrated with the season so far. A lot of ups and downs. Um, and we've seen Wanamaker, you know, uh, one of Steve Kerr's favorites, uh, play play probably some of the worst basketball I've ever seen <laughs> by a backup point guard. But on a positive note, um, I know you guys have already talked about this a lot, but are you guys happy with the Wiseman pick at number two, or would you guys have preferred them going a different route, say a Lamelo Ball? <gasps> oh, this is a- we have this. We have talked about it, and I have a feeling we're going to talk about it for the next five years. Yeah, um, I. You know what? It's. I don't know. I, I keep coming back to this. I don't dislike Wiseman. All I'm saying is the better Lamelo plays, the higher my expectations for Wiseman go because. End of the day, they could have taken, they could have taken um, Lamelo, and you're gonna always have to compare them in the sense of, I don't know, I don't want to keep, I don't want to go to this, but like Phoenix, they may like DeAndre Ayton, they still pass on Luka Doncic. It's unfair. It, you have to, it, you're always gonna be comparing it in that capacity, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. I think so. We'll see. We'll see what happens. They're super young. Um, I don't hold it against James Wiseman that he's not on the same development timeline as LaMelo Ball. You know, like just because LaMelo Ball looks better early uh, isn't anything that like has anything to do with James Wiseman. But yeah, um, I honestly have nothing against I have nothing against James Wiseman, but the kid's 19. He barely has any experience. And it kind right. of it kind of feels like a um, like a sort of disrespectful to Steph because my guy is what, 32 closing out 33 in March. And obviously, I mean, when you have a player like Steph, you, you want to maximize your, your championship window. And so, I, I don't know if Wiseman was the right pick for that. But okay, I do so, like him. I do like James. I feel yeah. like this is every Warrior fan's general beef, which is we all have eyeballs. We all see Steph Curry is as good as he was in his MVP years. And we all know this roster is going nowhere. Like, they don't have a chance to compete for anything. And so every, for me, it's like, it's not even about Wiseman. It's not about Brad Wanamaker. It's not about Kelly Oubre. It's about the fact that we're wasting one of the best players in NBA history's prime season with development projects. And we're playing for next year and Clay comes back. We have no clue what he's going to even look like when he comes back, to be honest. And, you know, I mean, he's turning 33. How many more years do we have here of him? So it, it gets back to that point of where is the urgency with the organization and, you know, fear that you're going to waste the rest of a truly transcendent player's prime. 
I think that's fair. Um, I think that's all fair points. I think uh, the pushback on that is is probably. I think Steph likes Wiseman. I just think Steph likes yeah. Wiseman. I think he really, really, genuinely likes the guy and okayed that deal. And I think during the draft process, it's not like Steph is the guy that's choosing the player, but I think Steph was saying, "Yeah, get me that guy." Um, again, if they had drafted Lamelo, Steph is not going to say he's not going to pull a Monte. He's not going to say, "Well, I can't play with him." That's two, two small guards, or those Lamelo's like six eight. Right? So it's like so it's like that's not. But it's like he's not going to hate the Lamelo pick. But I think Steph is someone that was like, "Like, give me the big. Like, I need a big that can finish the ball." Although it's like, well, James Wiseman can't catch the ball. So it's another problem. But uh, he does. He has been excited to play with. Like, this is the first high upside big he's ever played with in his career. Like it may take Wiseman some time, but like, just go down the list. Like Bogut was a different type of player. And then it's just a running list of, uh, Epe Udo, Brandon Wright, uh, Zaza Pachulia, JaVale McGee. Like, yeah, God, plus my, he could have been a nice player. Excellent excellent post defender. I was gonna say like I think Udo would be nice on this team right now. I I bet you he would be like, like, okay. Yeah. We're not doing it, but, um, but I think I think the Wiseman stuff. Yeah, Steph, I think another thing is if let me ask you this, Sam. Like if he played in Australia for a year against top pro talent in a in a in a league where it's predicated more on skill, like not that the NBA doesn't have skill, but like the way that those other leagues are, it's predicated a lot on still skill. Oh, that's on athleticism. Similar, yeah. similar to Steve's uh, system, where it's like a lot of movement, a lot of IQ. Um, and, and so I think it'd be a lot better if he had played a year there. So he's probably. I think he'd have been. I think he'd have been a lot better if he wasn't suspended by the NCAA and then True. got subjected to um, yeah. a, a gigantic or a pandemic. You know, they're okay. just like he's a, he's a high school kid, so that's that's why I'm like I try to be pretty careful. It's like, what am I going to be critical of him for? He could end up being an all star in two to three years. You know, so it's 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 all pointless with him. It's just the only thing that stands out to me is you, you see the guy who was drafted after him looks like he's definitely going to be an all star in a couple of years, and that's where it's like, you know, it's not, well, nothing against him, but the guy who well, went after him looks pretty good. So. The funny, the funny part is we'll, we'll see because the Warriors have two stabs at it. Uh, hopefully, in in the draft coming up, they may have two picks in the top fifteen, and it's like, well, it's it's they drafted one of them, one of them so. slightly. One of them slightly higher, but yes, yeah, they, like, they should like, like, yeah, let's, let's say they met, let's say first, I don't think they mess it up, but let's, it's too early, but let's say Lamelo's like, like the Luca to, to Wiseman's Aiden, which I disagree because I think Wiseman's can be a lot better than Aiden, but like, I, I, I think they have another shot, couple shots at it. You're not always going to hit. So if, but now Sam, if we find out, like, we see that they miss again, let's say they pick, let's say they pick. Dude, I don't even want to think. I don't even want to think about the reality okay. where okay. they were gifted two top five lotto picks <laughs> while Steph is still in his prime and they blow it. Like that would be all time. The, it's one the, thing to blow it when you don't have a centerpiece player. It's another to blow it when you have one of the three or four best players in the NBA in his prime. They're, they're, like, they didn't draft LaMelo for a reason. They may not draft Jalen Green if they have the fourth pick for that same reason. And that may be a problem or not. That would be a problem because Jalen Green is maybe the most talented player in the draft. And so it's like, sure, they may pass on that guy because they're like, well, we don't like the stuff we hear off the court. So let's go and take, I don't know, Scotty Barnes, <laughs> because it's like, well, he's another Draymond. He can't shoot, has great feel. Maybe he's a great off the court. He wears a tie to interviews. Right. And he speaks really nice. So it's like, we'll draft him instead of Jalen because Jalen's, you know, he has some question marks. But then it's sure. like how Jalen Green is freaking Kobe Bryant and Scotty Barnes is just a guy. 
um, which is probably what he's going to end up being. So it's like, I don't know. Like, we'll see, right? Like, so I, I think that's like, you, you get, you get, yeah, yeah. I'm getting a little. All right. All right. Let's, let's bring this forward. We got to get out of here real quick. So, yeah. Ricky, what do you got for us, my man? All right. So, next home stand four games Orlando, Brooklyn, Cleveland, and Miami. What, what would be the ideal record over these next four games? Orlando, Brooklyn, Cleveland, Miami. Um, ideal three and one, acceptable two and two. Anything below that is terrible. Um, I think, I think, I mean, honestly, they're going to be favored against the Magic. They're going to probably Cavs. be favored against Cleveland. Actually, no, they are going to be. Oh, I still want to talk about um, They're going to be favored against Cleveland. Both of those teams are a little tricky, but they're going to be favored. And then, the, you know, obviously Brooklyn and Miami. Uh, Miami is a mess. But, yeah. Oh, they're starting to get it back to get, Well, okay. It really depends which players on Miami's roster you know like if you get Jimmy and Bam yeah they'll they'll be favored if you get like them on the COVID list again and some weird stuff going on then yes Miami's not very good so um, I'm just thinking about it it seems like Miami's starting to finally get healthy and get their players together and if they're fully healthy then Miami should be the favorite right yeah that's that's probably a two and two but uh, I think the key part is like I'd be happy with two and two I guess um, but the, the, the key part is like, how long can, uh, how long can Steph keep this going? And I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just, he's playing so freaking well, like right now. Um, it feels like the moment that he has a bad game, the game is over. Like there's just, there's no like, Oh, this Warriors can win if Steph goes six for 18, right? Like there, there's no chance of that happening uh, right now. And I think that's a little, that's a little about the, the roster construct and really the clay injury and all of that. It's just, they can't win unless he's he's playing extremely, extremely, extremely well. And you can't expect a guy like that to play extremely well every single game, even the greatest uh, struggle. So, um, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. He could easily, it could easily be three and one. Like that next game is probably going to be a shit show. Who knows how that's going to go? The Nets play the, no defense. So maybe Kelly the Nets will definitely ball. give the Warriors a shot to, in it, to keep it in a shootout. <laughs> All right, let's get next one. Luke, what's going on, my man? How you going, boys? You good? Oh, You're much good. better. What you got for us? Yeah, good man. I, so it's Wednesday here, so I just finished the game. I'm a little bit pissed off, but you, you guys have already covered that. Basically, they're just redlining the team. I just wanted to uh, piggyback on what some of the other guys just said before. Um, are we are we ready for if James Wiseman doesn't hit Wilt Chamberlain fucking numbers on whenever he plays next game? Everyone's going to overreact because I've got a bit of a thing about <laughs> about everyone like. I know you just said before Steph signed off on it. I think more I was going to bring up in the Discord is that are we not sure that Draymond really championed, and whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I'm not too sure, and I've debated this with Tommy on the Discord, but <laughs> did he not like, – I feel like he's kind of buddying along with him to kind of prolong his career, if that makes sense. What do you guys think? You're talking about Draymond and Steph? He's no, talking about was Draymond the one who uh, wanted Wiseman. I think yeah. they, yeah. I, yeah. I think both Draymond and Steph, yeah, wanted Wiseman. Yes. Um, I think they both like playing with a big. They both like having yes. the lob threat. For everyone likes playing with a good big man behind him, and everyone like everyone hates playing with a bad big man behind him. Um, I think they were uh, they were excited by his potential. Um, I, th- I think it's really that simple. I think they both liked him. I don't want to put it on any one person. I think management was 
you know, yeah. they, they, they wanted to make that decision. So yeah, because I personally love him too. And the other thing I was going to say too about a couple of your couple of guys asking about the NBL and stuff, I watch it every night down here. I'm a junkie. Um, right. In, in answer to your question about the physicality and stuff, I think the big thing that's helped Lamelo Ball since he's gone into the league this year, and everyone's surprised about his defense and what Tommy's been talking about. He's actually a pretty good defender. Is the NBL last couple of years has been actually. It's a bit of a rough league, if that makes sense. It's right. not as skillful, but they get, you know, they get really fisty cuffy and they really put the bullshit on. You know what I mean? Like they really, well, they're not, they're not as skillful. Like if, if, if they sent right. Wiseman down to Wiseman down to fucking here, he'd be dead set Will Chamberlain. He'd, he'd average twenty fucking <laughs> rebounds a game, and it'd actually be really, really good for him. But on, on another thing too is um with Jessup, he's actually a really good shooter, guys. So I think if you guys haven't watched him yet, he's actually a really, really good player. And the thing I think we've got to really notice about him is that he fights through screens really, really good. So whether that's a good thing for the future or not. But yeah, I really, all you Warriors fans, man, you really should check him out because they plug the Warriors nonstop on, on the broadcast. Eh? It's like Fitz, wow. it's like Fitz propaganda nonstop. But they're actually pretty good. So Wow, yeah. wow. We're, we're worried about Fitz here. They're like, we're going global. We're not even worried about you. Fitz, Fitz uh, is in trouble. Wow, we got a Justinian Jessup scouting report from Luke. Gee, this is amazing. We need a segment. Mate, we got it. We got eight or nine players playing every night. We're fucking redlining. Jesus, like <laughs> we're fucked. Like I'm stressing here, man. Every game I'm just stressing because I'm like, we're one step. <laughs> like if Steph's below fifteen percent on his, like the dude's out of his mind right now. And whoever said last night deserves big credit. And everyone thought it was a hot take. Steph is the best player in the game right now. He might like I, I don't think it's really I don't think it's really a hot take anymore. His numbers are out of this world. And he's oh, carrying a te- he's carrying a team that is so poor on offense. Yeah. And has well, well, so little. What would the narrative be, Andy, if LeBron if LeBron was on this team and he was doing the same thing? <laughs> well well, I'll tell you what, Le- if if LeBron was on this team, he'd be going through back channels. I'll tell you right now, oh, Anthony Slater would be having fifteen. There'd be no want there'd, there'd be no want to Scott Anderson feel good story. No, no mate, fucking well, chance. Like, Why is he going to be down here with me, mate? He would have been fucking shipped off immediately, mate. <laughs> anyway, cheers, bro. I ain't got heaps of questions to go through. I just wanted to give a shout-out to the NBL and Pre- stuff. It's actually, like, it, it, a couple of years ago, it was a bit of a joke. Like, it was a bit of a Mickey Mouse, like, like the fucking COVID NBA. But um, it's actually re- it's actually really, really good now. So if you guys want to check it out, it's actually really good. I will, I will say this. Um, so What an absolute I mean, legend. You're not, you're not going to feel sorry for me about the time zone difference. But the, I have watched a few NBL games. Uh, more the LaMelo games last year because I was curious to see him. And um, the presentation is just top notch. The announcers are fun. The crowds are into it. Uh, just there's just a great energy level to it. I I would personally love to see the NBA adopt some of the uh, broadcast um, things they got going on over there because you just, you're just watching it. Even though you're right, like it's more of a physical, less skillful league. You get really into it just because the way they present it. Yeah, it's 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 rough, man. It's it's not it's not as nowhere near. Like, don't watch it and go. You expect you're gonna watch him like you know, uh, yeah, you know, like Wizards v fucking Bulls or something. You're not gonna watch that, but you're gonna watch. You know, watch something that's like, you know, a bit of a rougher product. You know what I mean? But it's, but you can see, you can see the building blocks for why they did it and what they did with, like, why Lamelo did it too. And I think it's going to be a bit of a, a bit of a landmark moment going forward. I think Bogut kind of brought it up on his podcast as well. So right. I know everyone loves Bogut on this channel. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So, anyway, yeah. But anyway, cheers, boy. That's one to say. Keep up the good work. Anyway, appreciate it, Luke. You have a good one, man. What's up, guys? Ryan, what's going on? I just have a quick question. 
Okay. If, I, from what I've heard from you guys, you guys are all in on a James Wiseman trade for like a win now move, like a Bradley Beal. Right? I think I'm more in on it than uh, Andy is, personally. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't that know specific I'm one. On I'm a. I'm. I'm I'm a big I'm a big Bradley Beal fan. That's just that's a personal choice. Uh, What's the question? What's the question? Yes, let's get to the question. Yeah. Um. Would you rather go all in get Bradley Beal now? He's not the best fit. He's a small guard next to Steph. Or would you rather wait, risk it, see if like say the Clippers flame out and Paul George is available? Which one would you guys rather do? So I feel okay. like this is kind of the question, right? Like it's like. Do they go all in on what's available now, or do they kind of wait to see what happens? Let's develop Wiseman. Let's see what we have here. Let's see maybe in nine months, you know, six months, Kawhi Leonard wants out. Maybe someone else wants out. That's kind of that's kind of the tough choice. Um, I kind of go back and forth on what's the better option, to be honest. I am. I I don't know if it depends what the trade is, right? Like for for Bo, is it Wiseman in the Minnesota pick? Then you'd have to think long and hard about it. I don't know if I'd do that. I think Sam is higher than me on Bradley Beal as a basketball player uh, than I am, though Beal is fantastic. We would, I think, both would agree that Paul George, like that's a trade you make. Um, I guess the question comes down to, let's say that is in front of you, would you do the James Wiseman and the Minnesota pick? Or maybe the Warriors are so bad that that's also a lottery pick, so maybe you throw that one in there. But like, do you do that for Paul George? and? Uh, I think I would, Sam. I think I would because I think that makes you a championship contender immediately. If you can go out there and you can throw out, you know, a vet center, Draymond, Steph, Clay, and Paul George. That's a championship team. Simple as that. I don't think Bradley Beal is that is that that puts you as a champ. Like it doesn't put you in that conversation for sure. I agree with you. I um I well I agree with you that, you know, you get a player of Paul George's caliber and it's a complete different it's a completely different Money. discussion, Money. but um, but I mean that's a tough thing. You could a player of his caliber may not come available for two years, in which case Steph will be thirty four, thirty five. There's just a lot of balls in the air, and it's hard to because you really only get one shot at it. You trade James Wiseman and the Wolves pick for the wrong player. You, then you're just stuck. There's no like, oops, can we have it back? We actually can want we to have trade a, that yeah. package. We, yeah. want, we want to trade that package for Jason Tatum now. Or, you know, like it's not how life works. So, um, well, I guess I guess maybe pick swaps and unprotected. But yes, you're right. Like that's that's it. It is pushing the chips all in. But I think that's like that's the guy. Like, is there a better fit on this team than Paul George? Like, is there really like is there like Ben Simmons? Of players we good of like, players we think who have a shot at coming available in the next year. Yeah, maybe. I mean, a two-way wing who's kind of meant to be a second option. Yeah, obviously, it's, it's hard to, to top that. All right, we're going to move to like, the next. Okay, yeah. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate you, Ryan. Oh, boy. Last question. Last Wiseman Rookie of the Year. What do you got for us? Hey, longtime listener, guys. Thanks so much for having me on. All right, so my username's a bit of a dead giveaway, but I got to say, this LaMelo ball over Wiseman stuff is the biggest example of the grass is greener mentality that the Warriors fandom has that I've ever seen. You, I look at this guy's last two games, and of course he has that one great game that has everyone saying, you know, LaMelo's better. But look at, look at all, like he's shooting 7 of 18, 7 of 17, all the same reasons why Wiseman gets played off the floor 
you know, he has bad defense, you know, he looks a little lost out there sometimes, are all things that would be happening to LaMelo, too, if he was here in the system. He's just able, he just looks better because he has a longer leash in Charlotte that he can make mistakes and grow better. What do you guys think about that? Oh, see, I disagree with you here. I, now, I do agree with you. You should be bullish about James Wiseman. Um, and, and I just, but I think Wiseman is just developmentally behind LaMelo. You can't teach the feel stuff. He make, he's making a positive impact whether he goes six for 17 or, you know, 10 for 17 from the field. He's, he's more efficient than I thought, but even when he's inefficient, the rebounds, the assists, the, the general feel for the game, it's all contributing in a positive fashion far more than I thought it would at this point. I think the grass is greeter is, is somewhat true. I think Warriors fans are so passionate for any type of success right now. I think that, yes, LaMelo would be a better player for the Warriors right now than Wiseman, but I think they would just be as angry as anyone else if, if LaMelo makes a bad play. Like, I see a lot of stuff with at least Warriors Twitter people where it's like, if James Wiseman goes to the wrong place or drops a ball, they're just like, oh, my God. Like, what, what is he doing? Like, st- start doing infrared technology, you know, tennis, like tennis movements. Like, what are we doing here? And that coordination, like, what are we doing? And, and, and doesn't this get back to the same thing, which is we watch Steph Curry. He looks as great as ever. And there's fear about wasting these prime years. That's what it comes down to. There's fear <laughs> – that we're wasting prime years. And that's not Wiseman's fault. Like it's it's, it's not, not because fault. Sam, I think that even if Lamelo's on this team, you trade that motherfucker and the Minnesota pick for Paul George anyway. <laughs> right? Like I do that trade anyway. And you get you put Yeah, you're, I mean, I yeah. do think I do think they probably win they're they they're probably a little better with Lamelo, but like what's a little better? They're fourteen and eleven <laughs> instead of thirteen and twelve, you know, like I don't LaMelo in 2021 is not the piece that's going to make them a champion. Now going forward, we'll see, but it all comes back to frustration because you have one of the, yes, one of the handful of dudes who can be the best player on a title team in the NBA. There's really only about four or five months period. And this team is very far away from being a title team. Yeah. So Clay Thompson to get healthy, but uh, Sam, are we are, are we done? Are we? Uh, we are ahead? done. We we appreciate you guys. We're gonna throw this on the main feed. Thank you, everyone who asked questions. We'll be subscribe. doing this more often. Yeah. All right, man. Good stuff. Yeah, subscribe to Lock. Thanks, Lock guys. Might be as regular, but uh, yeah, appreciate it, Wiseman. <laughs> appreciate it, James Wiseman. And uh, we'll get out of here. We'll be back. Uh, we'll be back soon. Magic game on Thursday. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.